Our reading of the gospel this morning is from Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 38. Reading today from the Common English Bible Translation. After calling the crowd together with his disciples, Jesus said to them, All who want to come after me must say no to themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. All who want to save their lives will lose them. But all who lose their lives because of me and because of the good news will save them. Why would people gain the whole world but lose their lives? What will people give in exchange for their lives? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words and this unfaithful and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he comes in the Father's glory with the holy angels. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, reveal your word to us this day that we might have life in your name. Amen. There are times when studying the scriptures that we must begin by a close examination of the context surrounding the passage that we're reading. Stories that we're able to grasp only after we have done the challenging work of identifying the situation around the text in question. Who are the characters? What obstacles are they facing? What symbols and images demand intentional reflection before we can even begin to interpret that which we're reading? There are no doubt layers of complexity in our reading of the scriptures and there are varying levels of difficulty in wrestling with verses that contain many sensitive topics. Verses of the Bible that evoke many strange and new questions for us as people of faith who are doing our best to try and wrap our minds around the cultural assumptions of the biblical narrative whose world at times feels foreign to us, even as we listen carefully to what the Spirit seeks to say to us through these words that have been faithfully passed down to us by the people of God from one generation to another. There are times when our reading of the Bible hurls us deep into the waters of study and interpretation well before we have been given a chance to get dressed in our swimming clothes. When the appearance of genealogies and unfamiliar words and divine manifestations confound us well beyond our ability to comprehend what a specific set of scriptures may mean for us today. After all, some parts of the Bible are not as easy to understand as others. And there are passages of Scripture that for one reason or another 
in spite of our diligent efforts, in spite of the very best of our learned attention, remain a mystery. And all of this awareness is precisely why it is so important for me to say to you this morning that today's reading of Jesus from Mark's gospel is not a passage of the Bible that is difficult to understand. There are no unfamiliar genealogies here. No mention of geographical locations, no metaphors or parables. In fact, Jesus' teaching both to the crowd and to his disciples in today's reading is about as direct as a person's communication can get. Thus, we might say that what makes this passage of Jesus so difficult for us is not that it is hard to understand, but rather that it's so honest and straightforward. At the same time that Jesus is welcoming any and all to follow him, he too spells out in graphic detail what it is that will happen to those who do. The forsaking of oneself, the willing acceptance of hardship for the sake of the gospel, an unyielding commitment and devotion. Good luck, Jesus says to the crowd. In a world like ours, trying to hold your life together all by yourself. Because whenever we place ourselves in the center of the universe, we're always going to run out of time. Trying to have more, to get more, to take more, to do more, to try to be more, only so that we can please ourselves. But when we move ourselves from the center of attention, and when we begin to understand that time does not belong to us, and that the moments of our lives are never ours to lose because they're always a gift, a gift to be received. And once we begin to trust that the presence of God's own faithful love is nearer to us than the air that we breathe, that it touches everything, everything, and that the world is turning, being pulled ever more closely in the direction of God's reign of justice and mercy and righteousness and salvation. It is only when our faith has room for curiosity that we begin to hear the questions Jesus is asking in today's reading in such a way that we can also hear the answers. And these are not the answers that we will find written in the text, but they're the answers that Jesus is looking for because they're the answers that we ourselves would give if we were to answer honestly. Why would people gain the whole world but lose their lives? 
Why is it that we strive for things that are not, are not meant for us? Things that are fleeting. Things that are just things. At the expense of losing that which is most priceless. That which we cannot afford to lose. That which we cannot live without. It's not a rhetorical question. And God knows that we know the answers. Money, power, greed, addiction, prejudice, arrogance, insecurity, the misalignment of our priorities, a fear of missing out, an unyielding desire to control. Each of us could fill in the blank from our own experience. And what will people give in exchange for their lives? The answer to this second question of Jesus is quite simply nothing. There is nothing that we can give in exchange for the preciousness of our lives. Perhaps that is why Eugene Peterson's message translation sounds like this. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? And what could you ever trade your soul for? What could you ever trade your soul for? We know the answer is not favorable. And yet each of us is tempted. And each of us is put at risk each and every day to lessen the gift that our life really is. Or worse, to lessen the gift that someone else's life really is. By choosing a path that sets us down in a direction that does not lead to friendship. That does not lead to listening. That does not lead to compassion. That does not lead to sincerity. That does not lead to kindness. That does not lead to peace. That does not lead to renewal that does not lead to an experience of the love that God in Christ has shown to us. Because the life that Christ desires to show us is the life that we have been freely given. To see it for what it really is. And to seize in all that we can with all of the fullness of our hope and dreams and desires and energy and giftedness to make the most of it through the gospel, through the good news that has been given. It is a life that entails many twists and turns we would not choose, that we would not dare to take all by ourselves. But it is also a life upon which our following feet will not stumble. A life upon which our weary bones will not wander lost. A life upon which our broken hearts will not be left unattended. A life that undergirds and upholds us, come what may, by the grace of the one who died and rose again. Who gathers us here 
so that we can walk together. And therein lies the promise. And therein lies the opportunity. And therein lies the gift that we here today together at this table are being given the chance to begin again. To start anew and to take a step in the direction of the grace that has come to us because each one is precious in the sight of the one who made us and whose abundance of love is made known to us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. This table is a table of grace. It is a table of promise. It is a table of salvation around which we all may gather and from which we all are sent into this world that God is redeeming. It is a grace that will not fail us. It is a grace that will not end. It is a grace that is sufficient, both now and forevermore. Amen.